0: Welcome to the 47th episode of the Practical Operations Podcast. I'm Brendan Diesendorf. And I'm Jack Neely. We are here to talk about the practical side of operations work. This week, we're talking about effective and efficient meetings. Oh gosh, meetings. We all hate them. They're universally despised because they're often done very, very badly. And they take so much time away from actual productive work. We came to this topic because we've mentioned... In the past couple of episodes, how meetings can be fairly awful or quite wonderful, and it's worth having an entire episode dedicated to talking about how to properly structure and run meetings, or at least guidelines on how to get towards yeah, at least better some
1: notes and how to have a, a good meeting culture. Because it turns out you can't actually agree really on any sort of forward work, which is obviously a prerequisite to doing something productive. If you can't come to a consensus with your team,
0: yeah, I see that there's really three basic reasons to get people together in a room, physically or virtually, as it were, but to get them live rather than a discussion over a an asynchronous medium. And the first one is making decisions about things. This could be a, a discussion about what technology should we use, or where is our group trying to go go strategically. So, this is a, an opportunity to get people together face to face or in real time to hash something out quickly about, or even not, not terribly quickly about what kind of what kind of direction or decisions you're trying to make. It can be a wonderful tool for that.
1: Yeah, I've been involved in a bunch of uh, design doc processes of late, and we followed the pattern of we make a design doc, we have folks review the design doc, and we bring it to a meeting focused around that design document and see if folks have questions, if this is the path that everyone's comfortable with, if there's things that that we need to review and check on, or if we've forgotten. The next category is what I refer to as solving a
0: problem. This can be an incident review meeting, you know, but what broke last night and how do we fix it or how do we do this kind of thing better? or a, hey, I'm having trouble getting a handle on some fairly complicated and involved piece of the stack, like um, service delivery authentication or something. And you want to get s- uh, several people together who can help you walk through the pieces live. And, and instead of going back and forth on an email you know, every couple of hours on various solutions, they can get you through it directly because they know what the pieces are. And as you hit new problems, they can kind of walk you through and get you through the next pieces of it. That's a worthy reason to have a, a direct live conversation.
1: Yeah, and the amount of learning you can do about diagnosing incident, making a timeline, and figuring out what are the, the lessons that you've learned from that incident, what follow-up work needs to be done as well. And kind of the final
0: broad strokes is just the, the communicating a message. Um, in larger organizations, you often have these when there's a reorg, not that I know anything about those. And you want to broadcast a message to a large team and you want to make sure you're doing it at the same time.
1: It's good to have a company that that helps its employees have a focus on how the company wants to be successful as a whole. And uh, these type of meetings are important for uh, passing out that kind of information. What are our objectives and goals for this quarter? Hey, we had some new hires. Who's joining the team? You know, that kind of thing. Other useful messages are things like, I have recently built a new service
0: and I wanted to give a technology demonstration to people. If you have the time, come attend the meeting and I'll walk you through this new thing. And so it's kind of a, a broadcast of of a new thing or an announcement or a new a new piece of information that people may
1: benefit from having a live question and answer period at the end of. From, yeah, even from showing folks new, new technologies... And getting more developers on board with a new methodology for something. So now that you've decided to have a meeting, what are the expectations of everything about the meeting? Oh god, have have start end times. Succinct. Please have start and end times. Start and end times. And respect those. Because you're you're gathering several people together, that's one of the most expensive ways to spend time at a company make sure you respect everyone's schedule. So that means you need to be there at the meeting on time or know that you're coming in late and the meeting will have already begun. And as a corollary, if you're starting a meeting or hosting a meeting, begin it on time. Other good things are making
0: sure everybody knows why they're coming to this meeting. So having an agenda that is published and announced up front Um, This can be a design document. This can be minutes of the meeting or the minutes of the previous meeting and what we're doing in this next meeting. So people know why they're there, what to prepare for, and they don't show up asking, so what's this meeting about?
1: This should be written. A Google document, a wiki page, an email, but a written and fairly detailed. It doesn't have to be exacting with a protractor of exactly what you're going to discuss or what questions you're going to answer.
0: And if there's things to bring to the meeting in terms of either knowledge or prep work so people can know ahead of time that they need to be prepared to speak about a topic. Because a lot of things, in large environments especially, you kind of page out those things to disk, as it were, and trying to recall during a meeting live, like, okay, what's the the specific semantics of how this config file is laid out? You're never going to remember. So if that's important for the meeting... Let people know beforehand
1: so they can come prepared for it. Go ahead and send folks a reminder uh, the morning of the meeting or the day before a meeting, so folks can remember. Hey, I need to read that document that we're going to review tomorrow.
0: Another thing is, while we're while we're on the the, the timing of meetings, if you finish a meeting early, call the meeting. Say, hey, we're we're done with the meeting. If people want to hang out and socialize for a little while, that's fine but the meeting itself is over, over. So if other people have places they need to be or projects they're working on that are time sensitive, they have a clear signal that it's time to get up, they can clear out, they can get to the next thing they're trying to do. And it's it's having a common courtesy for everybody else's time. I've worked in, in environments where people often liked going down rabbit holes, just sort of telling personal stories about things or, oh, I was there when this happened. And while that can be very illuminating, it... It's really easy to get off topic and then just start sort of wandering verbally.
1: And then you're out of time, folks have other places to go, and you haven't come to any decisions or action items. And that's that's not productive. One thing I like to point out is for meetings that require them, appoint a moderator and or a note taker as appropriate. If you're doing, you know, a a daily or weekly stand up, you probably don't need these. But if you're uh, doing some final uh, design documentation reviews or project reviews, this might be something very important to make sure you get progress and have good notes on the questions and, and discussions that happened. Make sure the mo- the moderator and note taker are folks that are not emotionally invested uh, in the project. If, if this is a decision about your code and your process and your design, you probably shouldn't be the note taker. Additionally,
0: there are times when it's appropriate to record a meeting, um, either the audio or a video if it's a, if it's a teleconference kind of situation. For people who couldn't make it to the meeting or for later review, um, we often record the tech talks that we do. So anybody who is out that day or busy doing something else or wants to dive into it later or share it with a new team member, is able to go bring up the video the video file from the meeting and dis- and go through it again. Please if you're going to do this, communicate very clearly that it's being recorded, where it's going to be posted, those kinds of things so people know the audience and the content and that it's going to be recorded. Some people are less are less open and less free with things if things are being recorded and you need to be able to respect that.
1: Yes, folks need to know when they're being recorded at all times. But it can be a really powerful tool when doing uh teleconferencing or remote meetings because if i have a question about uh how our HA proxy load balancing works i can actually go back and look at that talk again and and have my buddy re tell me in every sense of the way uh, exactly how that uh how that feature of our company works it also serves to capture questions and answers that
0: were not in the slides, especially if there's a QA section at the end. So the speaker can engage with the audience and things that were kind of unclear about the slide deck can be kind of hashed
1: out better, and that won't be captured in the posted slides later. And also, if if everyone in the meeting isn't miked, uh, make sure that the question is repeated so it is you have a good recording of that too. It's always fun to listen to a recording at a tech conference and the presenter gives this awesome answer and you're kind of left out because you don't know the question.
0: To borrow a phrase from the Agile world, you should also have a definition of done for a meeting. Everyone should walk away from a meeting kind of knowing what happened and what has just occurred and when the meeting is finished.
1: It should be clear that Everyone's supposed to be on the same page, and that everyone is on the same page, understanding-wise.
0: Are there action items? Are there takeaways from the meeting? Is there specific tasks and work assigned to either groups or individuals that they should be working on immediately or later?
1: But or JIRA tickets should be opened after this meeting. What did the note-taker note down of something that needs to be fixed immediately?
0: All of these need to be communicated clearly before everybody starts walking walking out the door or shutting off their their video connections. It's it's really important that everybody's understanding of the meeting is consistent, so everybody has the same idea of what just happened, and that is sadly lacking in in some environments. Um,
1: oh, I, I don't know how many meetings I've gone to, and you, you walk away and nothing was decided, there's no action items, nothing really happened. What happened to that last hour? Yeah, I've worked in large
0: university environments where – Lots of meetings were held and teams would come away with completely orthogonal ideas of what was decided in the meeting. Members of the same team at times would come away with completely opposite ideas. And it was really amazing to watch the same set of content being poorly described, having lots of different results. So if you're, especially if you're running a meeting, try to be as clear as possible about what happened and when the meeting
1: is finished. Another interesting thing, you know, kind of circling back to scheduling, um, is that if you're meeting for more than an hour, I always find those questionable. If you need more than an hour to discuss something, usually that can be better broken up or more better focused. And I've definitely been in some meetings, some reviews, where folks are really into the details on a specific point that folks are trying to hammer out. And yeah, we needed an hour and a half. So that's not a hard and fast rule, but meetings that are scheduled more than an hour are are usually too long to keep everyone's attention and and focus. And
0: I'll amend that by saying meetings that are longer than 50 minutes are probably too long because Yeah, a that lot was of folks- my next point cuz once you finish your meeting, you want to be able to get to the next one. Not everybody has the luxury of having only one meeting a day. In fact, many of us get stuck into specific days of the week where lots of meetings are stacked up back to back. And for folks in physical offices that have to move between either conference rooms or floors of buildings or God help you different buildings, you need a little bit of a buffer. Otherwise, you will always be late to the next meeting. My bladder has finite storage. I'm going to throw a couple of links into the show notes about kind of meeting philosophies and how to better plan and organize things for further reading and review. Just it's, it's always good to kind of cogitate on this and everybody to think about how can I be a better participant in a meeting and how can I be a better organizer of a meeting?
1: There's a first round, uh, essay blog post that we're going to include. That's really awesome for engineering teams and communication within engineering teams. And Of the points that they discuss really the the best thing in that in that document is a template for writing design documents you might want to alter that to better suit your needs or better suit your workflow but having a template for doing a design document for building something that you'll probably have a series of meetings on is really really useful and that's a technique I use to save myself a boatload of time of, of how do I get started with this documentation.
0: My only final note is if you're an attendee in a meeting, if you can at all help it, close your laptop. Don't, si- don't your sit there down. and hack on some other project or some unrelated thing or be responding to HipChat messages. I mean, if you're on call or if other things are going on, that's fine, but it's disrespectful to the people running the meeting and it means that you're not paying attention and probably shouldn't be at the meeting if you spend the entire time staring at your screen and typing rather than interacting with the
1: the meeting itself. It's no secret. I work remote. So the beauty of that is, is I can attend a meeting and no one sees me. And the temptation of, you know having my laptop set up and a couple monitors and a few more computers and being able to listen to one thing on a laptop and do some work on another computer and watch progress on something else is strong. And part of the temptation is that no one's really super aware of me doing that except for my lack of participation. So that's, that's definitely a trap if you work from home that you don't want to fall into. Yeah. Be, be extra careful of that.
0: One of the responsibilities of working from home in that sense is that you have to, you have to be more of a grown up about being able to, to pace yourself and task yourself and make sure you don't wander too far.
1: Hey, that last sentence was really interesting. What'd you say again? Oh crap. I should ask that. Yeah. That's, that's what you don't want to do in a meeting. Please take the time to rate this show and overcast
0: Apple podcasts or your favorite podcast directory. It's the best way for new listeners to find us. Additionally, We welcome feedback about shows we've recorded or topics we'd like us to cover. Leave us a comment on the website at operations.fm. Send us your thoughts on email, feedback at operations.fm, or use at operations.fm on Twitter. That wraps it up for the 47th episode of the Practical Operations Podcast. We have been Brendan Diesendorf. And I'm Jack Neely. Thanks.